KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. He did it! Blue Door did it! Do you believe in miracles? Oh boy, that was fun. That was about as fun as a Thunder and Spurs game can be. It's incredible. The Thunder win at the buzzer. Against the San Antonio Spurs, 102 to 99. Thanks to a Ludort buzzer beating, wide open three point shot. The absolute disrespect that Patty Mills paid Ludort will be talked about, discussed, dissected on the First Take Thunder post game show. I'm Brady Trantham, and I'm joined by my lovely, sexy, very beautiful producer, uh, Mr. Matt Burton. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, of course. I mean, the vibes hat. You, you wore your best tonight, and I'm excited. It was a great game to watch. It wasn't that fun to watch until the end. We'll get to that in a second. And we're also joined by the equally talented, equally as beautiful, Mr. Jerry Ramsey from his Edmund Estate. Jerry, um, have you taken your clothes off by this point just yet? Do you want to know what I'm wearing? Uh, I mean, now, I mean, th- that was an exciting <laughs> shot. I don't, it, it makes people feel certain types of ways. Definitely a smile. That is what I'm wearing right now. A big, beardy smile. Yes, I can only, I can only imagine it at this point, unfortunately, because like I said, you're at your Edmund Estate, but that shot will, is the shot heard around the world in Thunderland all the way from Ponca City down to wherever else. Gaiman, concrete, pink. <laughs> Are you familiar with the uh, geography of Southern? Uh, how, how, go, go. You know what? In honor of our uh, I've close been, personal I've been friend, to Madison Morris. Let's go, let's go, Ada. Huh? Ada. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, we're let's, all glad that she made it out, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Go to Netflix and go to Netflix and watch uh, watch the documentary if you don't know what we're talking about. Exactly. Shout out to our lovely, lovely listeners down in Ada. Uh, Jerry. I mean, let's start there with that last play. I mean, Oklahoma City. Uh, does not necessarily play well throughout the first half. I mean, it's it's a close game, but it's fairly apparent, at least to me. San Antonio, even with 10 players available uh, tonight with them dealing with COVID protocols over the last few weeks, uh, certainly played like the better team. They are the better team, right? At this point coming into the game, they are the uh, fifth seed in the West, uh, surprising a lot of people. But Oklahoma City surprised quite a few people this season as well. But even with 10, 10 players, uh, San Antonio outplayed Oklahoma City. And it was just mainly due to the fact that SGA was playing very well in the first half offensively that Oklahoma City had a little bit of a chance. Then the third quarter starts. SGA goes absolutely off. We're going to talk about that once we get later into the show. He had 21 points in that third quarter. But for some reason, Oklahoma City, like they just did their thing, Jerry, where they just keep fighting, they keep going at it, and they give themselves a chance. And then with that 21-point performance in that third quarter for SGA, puts the Thunder in a a position to take control. They did just that. San Antonio punched back. And then that final possession, I'll let you just kind of walk all of us through it. Well, first of all, you know, I was really surprised on, on how hard San Antonio fought. I mean, whenever you're coached by Greg Popovich, I mean, that, that guy's, you know, that's a guy that just cashes it in whenever things don't roll his way. So, no, I, you know, I'm being completely facetious with that. You knew it was going to be hard fought, and it didn't matter if they played two weeks ago, a month ago, if they had, had ten players, if they had eight players, it didn't matter. You know, whoever showed up on the court was going to, you know, they were going to play, and it was going to be a hard fought game, and I'll be very honest with you. I didn't know, when, especially in that second quarter, Brady, when the Thunder scored 12 points, that the Thunder had it in him tonight to go ahead and go gut for gut against the Spurs. But sure enough, you know, you talk about it in the second half. Uh, the building of a superstar in what is Shea Gilchrist Alexander, and yes, I'm going to say that because that's what he played like tonight, only led to the dramatics of that last play, Brady. First and foremost, how dumb is it to get your guy who has 42 points and then dominated most of the game, taking the ball out. Dagnalt, <laughs> you're an idiot. What are you doing? You're That's your dude that they didn't have any answer for. Then you pass it in to old Creaky Bones to drive the lane, and Al Horford once again, so stupid. How dumb is that? And then Lou Dort, who, you know, Brady, you and I have talked about this uh, a couple of times whenever you come on my shows. 
hasn't had the most, you know, the, the the best shooting percentage in the last couple of weeks. The guy hasn't been, you know, knocking down like he was when he started the year. But sure, why not? How about Shea to Horford, the double team in the lane, kicking it out like only a new age center in the NBA can. And Lou Dort, with all of Canada behind him, plus the hundreds in attendance there at Chesapeake Arena, <laughs> knocking it down. My goodness, my goodness. I put on Twitter, and I mean this, where were you? Where were you the day that Lou Dort knocked down that game-winning shot? Well, Matt, I'll, I'll go ahead and do the Jerry Ramsey thing and uh, bring up the fact that you played basketball right. at a high yes. level. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I would assume, you know, to what Jerry was saying, of like, why is SGA passing the ball in, considering the third quarter, second half performance that he's had? And before I even get to that, I will mention, I'm already surprised that Jerry didn't bring up, yeah, 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 SGA scored 21 in the third, but he only scored four in the fourth. Like, come on now. No, I also, saw Jerry's Oh, it's coming. Don't, wor- don't worry. Jerry's it's coming. It. I saw it. I would assume, already, Jerry. I would assume <laughs> though, that the original plan on paper for that play is SGA passes it in and immediately gets the ball in back. But, but, but Jakob Pertl over-pursued is, on Al Horford. Yeah. That is exactly what I was about to say. Uh, Thunder fans should be thanking Jakob Pertl right now. Uh, because he lunged for the steal, which he had no, he wasn't going to get the steal. So that's why that is why Patty Mills left because Al Horford was going to have a wide open layup slash dunk. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't, I don't think it was. Uh, we, we're going to leave Lou Dort wide open. It was uh, Patty Mills was like, oh no, uh, they're about to get a, a dunk layup to to win this. <laughs> yeah, so, we're going to have to check uh, in on our friend Patty Mills over the next few hours because I'm go watch that replay. I don't know what he's weird. thinking. Uh, well, Popovich gonna kill him. <laughs> that, the the thing the, it was the play before that where Patty Mills like that's so uncharacteristic of a a Spurs player to turn it over like that a double a dribble like that Spurs player. and then exactly a long tenured Spurs player to turn it over in that fashion and then I don't know what Jakubertel was thinking that that was <laughs> that was one thousand percent on him because uh, he lunged for the steal and that's I mean a cardinal sin number one. Uh, for defense, you don't lunge for a steal unless you're absolutely sure you have that steal. And uh, yeah, it made him pay. Al Horford, it was going to end one of two ways. Lou Dort was either going to get a shot or Al Horford was going to dunk it. Just what a calamity of, uh, you know, Keystone Cops. Just, it really was the whole damn thing, the, the way it worked out. And like you said, it, it didn't look like, the play didn't look like it was going to develop well. Uh, if it wasn't for us Spurs messing up there towards the end, and to be honest with you, the you know us and it's funny that we say it, and half the court was wide open for Lou Dort, but did you really think Lou Dort could knock that down? I'm talking February 24th, 2021, Lou Dort, not you know early December, Lou Dort, not bubble Lou Dort. I'm talking Lou Dort from the last couple of months or last couple of weeks. Did you really think he was going to knock that down? I don't think so, but if there was anybody like that was more due to make a shot like that, I, I don't think there's anyone more due than Lou Dort. Well, Darius Baisley did Baisley go. He went, he went over eight today. Have a, <laughs> Darius Baisley might have a say in that. Especially with the way Lou Dort started the year. I mean, he has been like just cold for... I don't know the last month and a half. Yeah, so yeah, he he was definitely due for that. I'm I'm happy for Lou to L- see that go in. Lou Dort four of seven from the three point line tonight. Six of twelve overall. Uh, Sixteen points. Those the, the three coming. You know at the most opportune time. Shagilis Alexander leading scorer of the night. A career high forty two points. Incredible basketball by Shagilis Alexander. Four assists. Eight rebounds. Took twenty shots to get those forty two points. Thirteen of twenty. Six of eleven from the three point line. 10 of 11 from the charity stripe. Uh, Al Horford, 16 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Teo Maladon, 3 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. And Darius Basley, 0 for 8, 0 points, 0 for 3 from the 3-point line. But hey, 10 rebounds, which is something that we've talked about. We're not going to crap on Darius Basley tonight fully because one of our little you know criticisms with him when he had that bad stretch of basketball, which I guess he's still technically in, if you're not going to score, we'll... Do something else positive. So you, he, we can't say that he did not do that tonight. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, for what it's worth, left the game midway around the third quarter with a sore right groin, did not return. So the bench output is not going to be the most exciting. You've got Justin Jackson, five points. Mike Muscala, seven points. Isaiah Ruby, five points. So, I mean, Jerry, it was just a, it was something that we probably needed to see, we needed to see on Monday night when the Thunder took on the Heat, where SGA had, has a fairly good game. I mean, no, nothing like this, 
He could have very well scored like that, but that second player never emerged for Oklahoma City in, in terms of scoring or rebounding or just something. Something positive just didn't emerge as that second half against the Heat uh, got along. And, of course, there's no Al Horford that night as it was the second night of a back-to-back. So, I mean, was it a, something as simple as that? Like, SGA's performance tonight was set up by the fact that Lou Dort was hitting shots efficiently. Al Horford was hitting shots efic- efficient, uh, efficiently. excuse me. And while the bench... Nobody off the bench really exploded. It was still kind of a everybody somewhat chipped in, so that may have set it up for SGA to just take over in the second half. I mean, you want to talk about the similarities between last night's Oklahoma and Kansas State game and tonight's game with San Antonio Can we and not bring uh, that Oklahoma up? City? Uh, by the way, Kansas <laughs> State beats Oklahoma last night. Uh, Oklahoma has not won in the Octagon of Doom since 2012. Anyway. Uh, but what happened last night? Oklahoma played with their food, right? Uh, moving the peas around, messing with the mashed potatoes and what have you. And the next thing you know, somebody made a couple of shots, three, three, you know, three, three pointers, uh, that you didn't expect. And instead of letting the team hang around and kind of, you know, squeezing it out at the end, they had plays made on them. That's what happened with San Antonio tonight. San Antonio is the better team. San Antonio defensively kind of figured something out. And, you know, uh, I'll be damned. If you have to wait until uh, you know a guy scores forty-two points in his career high before you really start to figure, oh, you know what we should do? We should trap this guy. We should, you know, make make this guy get the ball out of his hands. Which Shay, oh my gosh, you guys are gonna think I'm crapping on him, and I'm not. But Shay's style of play lends to him making a good basketball play, even though he's on a heater with a career high. He's still going to pass the ball around. And it was almost to his detriment. I mean, would have last five or six possessions, uh, just kicking the ball around to Horford and Dort and what have you. And it just so happened that, you know, a play was made. Lou Dort makes a huge play. And uh, thank you, Patty Mills, for the very rare. By the way, you know, I was making Pokemon jokes all night long. Cause, Pokemon? Uh, this, yep, Pokemon jokes with uh, the Squirtle. Uh, I'm not into Pokemon. That my son Miles is into Pokemon, not I, me. I haven't been Go into ahead. Pokemon in I like me some Pokemon. 15, 16 years, but I like I'm still triggered when I hear it pronounced as Pokemon. <laughs> like when I was into it, and my parents would say Pokemon, I'm like, no, that's not what it's called. Uh, look, I'm in perfect position to be in that parental Pokemon thing. So just you know. Back off. Bro. What a shame. <laughs> anyway, uh, but we, you know the the water figure that is the power forward for the Spurs, the Squirtle, uh, you know, just <laughs> kind of getting all that done, and uh, the fact that uh, Patty Mills turned over the rare turnover. That is that's like a rare Pokemon card. It is the rare <laughs> double dribble that it's Patty Mills has to a, set this up? It's a holographic Patty Mills double dribble card. <laughs> and, <laughs> Mark Dagnall just drew it. He's like, oh, thank God this came in handy. <laughs> no, just uncharacteristic. How often, how often does that happen? You're sitting around battling, right? And the, da- <laughs> the damn rare card comes up, and the next thing you know, boom, 102.99. Well, I mean, like I said at the top of the show, like it is important to remember that the Spurs are minus like a handful of players. Like they, LaMarcus Aldridge just randomly... Uh, was made available hours before tip-off because this morning when I read the report, uh, he was initially out uh, along with like Devin Vassell, uh, Rudy Gay. I mean, the Spurs' second unit, uh, when they're nearly healthy, is the best second unit in the league. Like, Just go look at the numbers. They're outscoring opponents by, I think, 40 points with their second unit. And tonight was basically just a bastardized version of their second unit the entire night. So if you are playing a team like that, Matt, and you give yourself a chance late in the game, and it's a competitive game. If you're playing a team like that, it's go like the mistakes are going to start showing up, and that's exactly what happened for San Antonio. Like Patty Mills is not a guy that you look to uh, towards the end of a game to be the clutch guy, to be the alpha of a, of a team to take it home. He's supposed to be the guy that thrives off of whoever that alpha is going to be. He's supposed to be the Lou Dort standing in the corner, uh, hitting that open shot. And so when you're playing a team like this, it makes sense that they would whittle as the game went along. Yeah, I I can't say that I was expecting uh, Patty Mills to turn it over like that, but um, I think it was more so like, hey, we're out a bunch of guys. We don't have our like main guy in DeMar DeRozan. Like, uh, Patty, and I think Patty Mills had scored what, f- like their last like, Two possession, two or three possessions. It's what he row. just stays so, hitting shots. So it was kind of, it was kind of like okay, he's the hot hand, so we'll try to get something for him. Um, 
And then yeah, he just makes an uncharacteristic double dribble, and it was a, it was a bad double dribble. I I think I called it out immediately. Like it was, and he tried to, uh, he tried to say that he didn't. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, Patty, uh, we all saw you. We all saw you. It was pretty pretty terrible. But um, yeah, I really I really think them trying to go to Patty Mills late. It was just more of a uh, hot hand situation, I guess. DeJounte Murray led the way for the Spurs, 27 points. Lonnie Walker with 12. Patty Mills, like you said, 15 points for him. LaMarcus Aldridge, whoa, I can't say LaMarcus Aldridge with my hick accent. 11 points off the bench. Yeah, it's just just, just a unfortunate Spurs team in terms of what they've had to deal with. But, you know, Oklahoma City's had some games like they did Monday night where they are not 100% as well, so them's the breaks but we're up against it guys i know this is going to be really difficult for us so i'm going to give us all a few seconds to think about it but let's go ahead and rattle off our thunder player of the game now the franchise thunder player of the game brought to you by volkswagen of edmund please jerry please tell me it's not sga because i just i want to hear that energy from you does it have to be a thunder player no, I'm kidding. You, 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 could, you could say Jakob Pertl for his over-pursuing, his well, over I was going to go with the guy with the career high. And that, of course, was uh, Luka Sumbich. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> four points. Do we need to dump that? <laughs> no, sorry, what? That's his name, wasn't it? That's where that's what they said his name was. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, four points tonight for him. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, good for him. Now, Matt, I'm going to let you know, blue players are eligible, and I will remind you, Pokashevsky hit his first free throw of his professional basketball. Can I, can I say out loud, there are people that don't follow me on Twitter that were sending me messages about eating crow and all that junk. SGA had a great game. I'm just objective. When he doesn't, I say he doesn't. That's what people get mad about. SGA, player of the game. Come on. Yeah, I mean... Nothing else to be said. So Shay. nothing for Ludor hitting the game-winning shot, and then I guess he did very well. Say good for him. Which uh, we'll give a shout out to our good friend Ryan Chapman, who has the night off tonight, but he will be in the arena to go watch uh, the Thunder play. I, I don't know if it's his favorite team in the whole entire widest, widest world, but the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks are coming to town, so he, he seems fairly excited about that. But he wanted to chime in, and say for the record, he's 100 percent okay with Dort's two extra shots tonight because Ryan doesn't like when Lou Dort takes shots or. A, a high amount of them. No, he's doing that stupid NBA analytics thing, and that you know you gotta have a you have to have a nerd around because you know you can't have, constantly have panties thrown at you. Sometimes okay, you, you call sometimes. people nerds, but what is that? Or what are you? Are you a jock? Is that what you're trying to imply? <laughs> have you seen Revenge of the Nerds? First of all, I've no. seen five I'm, minutes of it. Let's just I'm say very, <laughs> uh, I'm very ogreish. The the big guy on the uh, Revenge of the Nerds ends up coming over because he's it's secretly he's like a nerd. So Matt, you were born in the '90s, right? Yes. So was I, Jerry. Are you gonna Are you gonna join us in the second segment? You know what? You, uh, you guys are aggravating me so much that I actually want <laughs> I actually want to stick around and, and go with the second segment. Good, because yeah. I actually want to bring up one of your favorite players ever, Isaiah Thomas, in the second segment especially with how much you uh, slander Shea Gillis-Alexander. But we'll we'll have that. We'll have around the association. We'll have, I guess we have to technically do a tank commander of the game tonight. I mean, there are some, we can find somebody. I mean, we're going to do our best. But uh, stay, t- stay tuned here on 107.7 The Franchise. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. Welcome back. Oklahoma City wins in absolute dramatic, beautiful, theatrical fashion thanks to a Lou Dort buzzer-beating three to down the San Antonio Spurs 102-299. And also the big highlight of the day, other than that Lou Dort three, Shea Gillis-Alexander had 42 points, a career high, was incredible in the second half, and scored 21 of those 42 points in the third quarter where the Spurs had no answer Absolutely no answer for the Thunder's face of the franchise. Brady Trantham here alongside Mr. Matt Burton, our producer, with Jerry Ramsey. Right now, I believe, listening to Mark Dagnall, 
basically talk about the final play. Or is he back with us? Jerry, are you with us now? I am so versatile. I uh, got to uh, hang in there and listen to a couple of uh, answers from uh, Dagnaught, and one one in particular that I was really wanting to listen to is him explain that last play, Barry Trammell. Uh, Sports Columbo, we love him so. Uh, asked about it, and uh, Dagnaught, I mean, and, and, and let, me, let, me, let me say something real quick. Before Dagnaught explained it, you heard it first on the first take postgame show. Our main man who played high-level basketball explained to you what happened. And I'm, tell, I'm here to tell you, Matt Burton, very, very close to, like, mirroring what you said. I feel vindicated. So it was set up to be a two-man game. And this came from Joe Masato because I guess at the Oklahoma, and that's what they do. They copy each other's work. Uh, but uh, Joe Masato said that, uh, that what Dagnall said, and it was meant to be a two-man game. And if it wasn't there, that Horford could kick out to, uh, to the open man, which happened to be Dort. And uh, that's what happened. Can we call you Coach Boom. Burton now? Uh, Coach Burton is my father. Well, I mean, after that performance. <laughs> Sounds like we're having an interview with Matt Burton. And he's like, oh, no, call, his call top me button. Call me Matt. Coach Burton's my father. That's way too formal. Well, Coach Burton. Have a, Coach Burton have a, a beer. Have a beer. My dad's Coach. Yeah, my dad's Coach Burton. Coach Burton is a loyal listener of the show. Yes. And that's where I will just randomly say the name Abdul Nader. Oh, now, no. Jerry, I brought up Isaiah Thomas right before we went to break. And the reason, Which is smart on your part. Uh, the reason being... Let me just go ahead and say this before we get, get, go into this conversation. Two completely different players, Isaiah Thomas, Shea Gillis-Alexander. Two completely different eras, two completely different team makeups and responsibilities, blah, 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 blah. One's, well, one was a perennial all-star and the other one's SGA, yeah. Yeah, one of them got stopped. Oh, no. Uh, but if you just look at it very casually, they do a lot of the same things. I mean, clearly point guards, blah, blah, blah. But what I mean by that is... Uh, Isaiah Thomas did a little bit of everything, but also sacrificed a ton of what he could have potentially been. Like, primarily, like he could have scored, he could have named his box score any night, but he chose to be the player that he ultimately became to make the Pistons uh, championship level teams in the late '80s. Shea Gillis Alexander, of course, is trying to get to that point, but uh, Matt and I had this conversation during the game where, when they announced that, yeah, it's a career high 34, 36 points, whatever it was. Uh, I was talking to Matt, and I was like, man, he's had so many opportunities. If he really feels like he got snubbed from the All-Star game, he's had every opportunity to score in the high 30s, low 40s this season, but he's not been able to. Maybe it's because he's just not there you know, what basketball-wise just yet. But to me, it's just mainly been a lot of just of what I, how I view Isaiah Thomas, Jerry, is that he could very well do it any night he wants to, but he's do, trying to do so many other things. And this comes from the precedent that uh, Billy Donovan tried to set for him last year when he was the head coach of the Thunder, where uh, there would be nights where Shea would score in the 20s, and then there would be nights where he would score 13, but he'd, you'd look up, he'd have 12 or 13 rebounds, and Billy would just always tell us, he can do so many things. We want him to be great at everything, not okay at two things and elite at one thing, if that makes sense. So, I mean, is that a fair comparison? Like, just from a strictly casual, lazy comparison-wise, if you know what I'm trying to say. No, here, let me tell you this, too. And, and I know you're not going to believe I'm going to say this. No, Shea is more advanced at the team game right now than Isaiah was. Shea right now wants to make... A basketball play. It's in his DNA right now to make the good basketball play. The last five minutes of the game shows you that. And like, and like I said, almost to his detriment. I wish he was a lot more. I've talked about this for years, Brady, and you know that because you've been sitting next to me for years, me saying this. I wish he was more selfish. He's not. He's not. Isaiah Thomas was selfish. And uh, it took him a couple of years ago. Go look at the points per game for the Detroit Pistons before they become the bad boys and they really, you know, start to figure it out. Go look at Isaiah Thomas' numbers and where they drop and the team's wins uh, go up. That is not going to be a problem with Shea. And as a matter of fact, and it's funny, I I don't know why you weren't listening to Dagnalt while I was on because you literally, like, said what Dagnalt was trying to get across is that, yeah, he got he, if he felt like he got snubbed. How about this? I don't even think that Shea feels like he got snubbed. Everybody else around here thinks he did. I don't think he thinks he did. And if he did, he had a chance tonight to really force it to go for 50. That's what Dagnall's talking about. But he didn't. He was trying to make the right basketball play. That's why Dort heats up. That's why Horford gets the ball in really good situations and is able to score down the stretch. 
Well, man, I want. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. No, I've, I've been doing this 100. He's very mature. He's very mature for his age, and uh, I think that uh, that is a total advantage, and that's what we don't talk enough about with Shay. Well, Matt, to what Jerry was saying about Shay just not being as selfish as some of us may want him to be. I mean, is this a season where you want to see Shay be selfish? I mean, let, let's just say because we, we've talked about this a zillion times about ideally the Thunder in let's say at the minimum two seasons they're back to a serious playoff contending team not the low end of the play of the west but at the floor is like fifth seed you know that's that's where they would ideally want to be in two years with the young talent that they have well in the meantime if you want to be selfish this would be the time to do it but do you even still want to see that this at this point his development uh, uh, as a young basketball player no i still want him to make the right like basketball decision i think that i think he got a lot of that from chris paul too cuz there were times last year where me especially and i think we talked about it on the post game show where we were like i really wish chris paul would be more aggressive i want him to be more aggressive and find his shot more but that's like not why isn't that's he taking this shot right, right. now? Right, and yeah. that's not his game, though. His game is he has such a high like basketball IQ that he's going to make the right choice nine times out of ten. And um, and we've been we've been wanting, or I at least have been wanting to see Shea, heck, even lead the team in shot shot attempts. Like I don't know how many times we've read a box score. And Al Horford's taken more shots. Lou Dort's taken more shots than Shea. Especially Lou Dort. So, especially Lou Dort. <laughs> I don't think so, Darius really ever has. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, but, no, I, I just want to see Shea, and I think it's better for everyone involved, too, everyone involved in the team, if he does keep making the right basketball play. And if he's not just like, ah, well, screw it. I'm going to try to get 40 tonight. You know, I think I think it, it will do well for them uh, in the future, in the uh, upcoming years. Uh, if he if he keeps making, I don't know, just trying to make his teammates better too. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, it could be something as corny as you want to set yourself up for whenever that future gets here, when the Thunder are a playoff contending team, a serious playoff contender in the West. You want to set those tendencies and set those habits now instead of just saying, oh, I've got the green light now. There's no expectations. The Thunder sucks, so I'm, I'm going to get 40 every single, like every other night. Like, it, is it... Is there something to be said about that? Like you're setting the st- you're setting your standard now, early in your development, so that when that time comes, if there are because there are going to be different games every single night uh, in the regular season, there are going to be different games every single night in the postseason. Where hey, the Thunder, if we're the Thunder, we need hey SGA, we need you to score forty. He can do that. Hey, we need you to distribute. Okay, I can do that. We need you to crash the boards. Okay, I can do that too. Play off the ball. I can do that too. So to me, it's just like I'm, I'm glad he's not that selfish, but. It, but I guess like you still have a problem with that, perhaps. No, no. Well, well first of all, let, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, that guy that you're talking about that uh, can be selfish and puts up numbers and, uh, as a matter of fact, puts up enough numbers that uh, there's probably an all-star game um, you know, this year for the guy is Zach Levine. Like, it's, it's already happening. Like, the, the players happen like that. And I'm telling you, that's a regression. Like, you want to teach team concept you wanted to teach how to win you, you talk about with jordan with the pistons and the pistons with the celtics and you know the great teams that stair step their way up what do they say oh these teams taught us to win we thought we knew what we were doing but whenever we played this team they taught us to win and you already have that with sga no you're not going to get all-star bids no you're not going to get scoring championships and all that stuff um, and Oklahoma City fans aren't used to that. They're used to having a guy like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook that not only did wins and national television recognition and stuff come with also scoring championships, sometimes you get a fight and you got to do it a different way. And uh, SGA, like I said, is already learning that. And if you just go as, as close as Chicago, they got a guy who can name his own score and sometimes does, and he's getting rewarded with for that. But really? Is who who would you take right now? And I know this is the Thunder post game show, but who would you take right now? Would you take Zach Levine or would you take Shea Gilders Alexander? Uh, Matt, I would take Shea. I would take Shea. Okay, and and, and and tell me and tell me why? Why don't you want the guy that can score fifty every night uh, rather than the guy that you're not sure will score forty? Why would why would you take the guy that you're not sure would score forty rather than the guy you know can put up fifty? I would just say real quick, like, and I like Zach Levine. This is coming from someone who likes watching him play. I do too. But I think overall, in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about that caliber or that tier of basketball player, he 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 screams 
or he seems more big stats, bad team guy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think Shea can do more, especially. I think he offers more, like, offensively rather than just scoring and we're seeing like, the full crazy effort. athleticism that Zach, Zach Levine has. We're seeing the it, utmost effort of Zach Levine every night, whereas right. we can go on post-game shows for the Thunder and go, I, I could have seen some more out of SGA tonight. Like, there, there's a level that he's yet to attain, and that's what's so alluring about him. And he's I have 22. No- I have no doubt that uh, SGA can score 42 uh, and on a playoff contending team uh, with playoff positioning on the line on national television. I, I, the game he had tonight on a random Wednesday uh, that NBA TV rushed to tell you about the end, uh, that can also happen in a playoff game, game six, uh, against a, a, an opponent. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I think this, this isn't going to fall back to a meme. This is, this is what this guy does. Yeah, no question. And this actually coming from ESPN Stats and Info just a few minutes ago. I don't know if you saw this, Jerry. I showed it to Matt. But uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander is the fifth player in Thunder slash Supersonics history with a 40-point game at age 22 or younger, joining the likes of Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Spencer Haywood. Ooh, so big Spence. Spencer Haywood gets a shout-out on the Thunder first take post-game show tonight. Yeah, I saw I put name dropper. ESPN stats and info. They just try, oh hey, did you know he was played like Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and oh Spencer Haywood. They had to throw Spencer Haywood in there. We got to. But I wish they'd quit linking Oklahoma City and Seattle's history. It's just there's an easy way to do that, no Matt. Well, give Seattle a team. Okay. Do <laughs> you want me to? I'll, I'll ring Matt, up Adam Silver. You are, yes. you are a charitable I will, gentleman. I will ring up Adam Silver right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's so simple. Just give Seattle a team. And then they can go into the broom closet that they're holding, you know, Gary Payton's jersey and, uh, you Back know, the, away. Cha- and the 79 championship yeah. banner. And just, here, t- take this. Take this and stop screaming at us, please. Well, do me this favor. If if an NBA team goes to Seattle, can you please get the Thunder out of the Northwest Division? Please. There's just no there's just no need for this. Put him in the Texas Division. It just makes sense. And that way Oklahoma can be dominating the Texas Division like it does in Big 12 uh, football? Maybe. I mean, you, you can put either Minnesota or, or Memphis, Memphis in the Eastern Conference and just call it good at that point. We have all the answers. Adam Silver, stop worrying about all the Atlanta parties and listen to our show. We have all the answers. Oh, he listens, I'm sure. I want to go to an Atlanta party. But before we get to that Atlanta party, uh, we got to do it. Even though the Thunder won in dramatic, fun fashion, Lou Dort, we were awesome. SGA, you're even more awesomer. We got to find a Thunder tank commander of the game. We're good! Tanking! Yeah! Sorry. Sorry, we're going. We're going. Tanking. Through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. So, yeah, I guess you're all asking yourselves, like, what? Like, they, they didn't. They won tonight. There's no tanking. And I don't want them to be like the process sixers. So I kind of enjoy this. And then also, the Miami Heat won tonight. I think they beat the Raptors. We'll get to that around the association in the next segment. But the Rockets did lose tonight. They continue their losing ways. They're 11-19. And, and why is that important? The Thunder have a pick swap with them. So uh, some tanking still occurred very subtly tonight for Oklahoma City. But I guess let's try, gentlemen. Uh, Jerry, I'll let you go first. Who, If you had to pick somebody not named Shea Gillis-Alexander, who is your tank commander of the game? Man, oh, man. I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Frenchman. Uh, Taylor Maladon. Not I mean, a good output. Uh, three points, one of five, one of four from three-point range. And worst of all, and both of you guys know this because I'm your mentor, uh, when you're face-to-face with me, you want to do your best. You want to give your best effort. You want to say, there's a reason why I sprung from under your bosom to go on and do things. Mm. Well, it looks like uh, Melodon tonight was still on the Spurs teat. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Tony Parker was supposed to be his like mentor but I guess he never, never told him the ways of the Spurs. So Not never. That, that is my uh, tank about, commander. I don't want to think about your bosom ever again. Um, <laughs> does, does your bosom have a beard, Jerry? <laughs> oh, you, you have no idea. Uh, and a third nipple. Oh, yeah. It's um, almost after dark. 
I, I'm not going to pick Darius Baisley, but I do want to point out how I think it's impressive that that he didn't not. log a, he didn't log a stat other than rebounds. He had ten rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. He had two turnovers, so there and no points, no fouls, either. no fouls. So and he was a plus that's eleven. That's a very impressive stat line, a plus eleven. Um, I'm going to go, and he really didn't even play that bad, to be honest. But I know I, it's so you funny. Know, you know, but you know where I'm going with this, and you know why. Once I say it, but Isaiah Roby, okay, uh, at the end of the first quarter, the Thunder have the ball with about uh, 12, 11 seconds left, and Roby gets the ball, and I don't know who calls this play, but Roby <laughs> dribbles to the top clear of the out. key, clear out. Clear out. We got a mismatch. Isaiah Roby's going to take it <laughs> against LaMarcus Aldridge. He's going to take LaMarcus Aldridge's ISO. And uh, he goes up. LaMarcus Aldridge blocks it and uh, out of bounds turnover. Uh, went about as about as you'd expect. So no more uh, Isaiah Roby ISOs from the top of the key, please. Clear. Clear. Yeah, clear out. I gotta, <laughs> We got a mismatch here. Mouse, mouse is the mouse. house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's either Roby or Kenrich Williams for me. I'd probably say Kenrich Williams because he had some. He just had some ugly plays. Just plays that plays that looked like something that if the Thunder just threw me onto the floor, that's what would happen. That's how it would look. So eighteen minutes, you got to go better than three points. But he did have five rebounds, uh, Brady, and a block and an assist. That's I mean, come on. Look, I mean, if we're gonna be real, the tank man of the game is either Yaka Pertl or Patty Mills. Definitely probably Yaka Patty Mills. <laughs> Squirtle. Hey, yeah, either one of them. Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, boy. Jerry, are you going to join us for the third segment, or are you out? <sighs> Gentlemen, uh, SGA is at the podium. I think I want to catch the rest of this. And um, I think you two young guns uh, just, you know, I, I need a blow. So I'm going to go down and talk to uh, Mrs. Ramsey and watch the uh, rest of the SGA stuff. That went a completely different direction than I was expecting. Uh, Jerry, I just want to remind you, you can't boo in press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> I have to turn my mic on real quick. Boo! <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thank Later, you, Jerry. Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you once again to Jerry Ramsey, TV's Jerry. Tune in to him and all of his silly, fun, nonsense, hijinks, wisdom tomorrow. He's going to be doing his, uh, I don't even know what to call it, the the, the morning after uh, of a Thunder game conversation with Todd Lizenby and Eddie Rudosovich on the morning show, and then, of course, TV on the radio, and the franchise players. So, plenty of Jerry Ramsey coming up for all of your fun, fun needs. But we got around the association coming up. We've got some more fun stuff we can talk about. It's just going to be Matt Burton and I, Brady Trantham uh, taking you home uh, for the final segment. And really quick before we go to break, just want to remind you all this is also the OKC82 podcast so be sure to subscribe to that. If you didn't catch the whole show, you can always re-listen to it whenever we put it up about 20 minutes after the show goes off air tonight. Come see us! Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise. You know the f- vibes? You know the vibes. The vibes are flowing like wine right now. <laughs> you're just stuck with the vibes Matt. are always good. Yeah, you're just stuck with Matt Burton and me, Brady Trantham, for the final segment, so why not? Vibes... Uh, the cup runneth over, one might say. The thunder runneth over all over the Spurs at the very last second. <laughs> they didn't dominate by any means. But no. you know what? They did enough to win. Thanks in large part to SGA's 42-point career high performance tonight. 21 points in the third quarter for Shea Gillis-Alexander. But we're all going to remember... I mean, what are we going to remember, Matt? Are we going to remember the Lou Dort buzzer beating three yes. to win the game yes. or Shea Gillis-Alexander's game? Um... Probably Lou Dort's. Probably Lou Dort's shot. Imagine if that shot happened with a packed arena. Oh, dude. This is Don't, as uh, average as Oklahoma City is, like, and, and as low as the expectations are uh, in terms of, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, they could, you know, if they wanted to, they could be a play-in tournament competitive team. But having said that, we all know that arena is going to be packed no matter what. So imagine Lou Dort hitting that right in front of some fans. That just put me in a bad mood. We're getting closer, man. We're, know, we are we are getting closer and closer. So let's let's remain strong. That, uh, 
Whew, okay, I almost let the vibes. I almost let the, <laughs> let the, the vibes, vibes go are bad. Almost, they almost went bad. They're back, but they're back. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. good. All right. Well, let's let's pick up the steam and uh, let's put the thunder uh, to the side for just a few minutes and let's uh, have you take us around the association. Gladly. We're going to start off in Atlanta. Shout out Ryan Chapman. His favorite team, the Atlanta Hawks. And his favorite player, favorite Trey player, Young. Trey Young, yes. Yeah. Favorite player, Trey Young, had 33. But he didn't lead the scoring for the Atlanta Hawks in their 127-112 to 112 victory over the Boston Wait, Celtics. Wait, was it, was it John Collins? It was not John what, Collins. What, was it Chris Dunn? No. No, don't tell me. No. It was... That's right. Danilo oh. Gallinari, 38 points to lead the way for the Hawks. Uh, I saw at halftime he was 7 for 7 from 3 at half. And uh, I think he ended up shooting like 81% from the field and 83% from 3 or something crazy like that. So uh, Gallinari, good for him. I haven't heard much about him this year, so I don't know how he's playing. That's but. good enough for a Brad Pitt Gorlami. Bongiorno. <laughs> Shout out to Nil Gallinari. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily... He's played a lot like the tail end Nil Gallinari that we remember oh, from the Thunder last no. season. Like the bubble Nil Gallinari. Wasn't that good? That's okay. Maybe this will kickstart he's, he's getting up there in age. Maybe this will kickstart his heart. Um, the Golden State Warriors get a win. Good for Thunder fans. Good for Thunder fans. Golden State Warriors beat the Pacers... In Indiana tonight, 111 to 107. Steph Curry led the way with 24. DeMontis Sabonis with 22 and 16 boards. The snub, do you think he was snubbed? Sabonis. Like, do you think he should have gotten in over, like, Vucevic? Because I don't. No. no. I don't know. There's probably someone. I can't remember the East. Who cares about the East? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers get a win over the Rockets. Um, as you mentioned earlier, 112 to 96. John Goodness. Wall with 20 for the Rockets. And Jarrett Allen led the way for the Cavs. 26 points and 18 boards. That was such a good pickup by the Cavaliers, getting Jarrett Allen. I like Jarrett Allen. A Jarrett lot. Allen deserves, I mean, he deserves better than Cleveland, but this is a much better situation, surprisingly, than Brooklyn for him. Yes. Because he was done dirty by that. He definitely was. And he's still only like 22 or 23. Like, he's still young. He's so. awesome. Yeah, twenty six points, eighteen boards. Good for good for him. His, and I, they didn't give up really much to get him, right? They gave up like a Bucks pick and a second round pick to get him. So yeah, uh, good for good for that. His Afro transcends era. So like we don't. I'm not just saying that his Afro is great because it's 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 uh, it's cute because nobody has Afros anymore. And when you're talking about the NBA, it's not very common. Uh, you could put Jared Allen in the 70s, the early 80s, and that afro would still be king. It would still stand out. As maybe Dr. J's early. Maybe Dr. J might have him beat just because he's Dr. J, right. but Jared Allen, awesome. Jared Allen, he'd be right there. He'd, he'd be a tier below that. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans get a win against Jerry's Detroit Pistons tonight in New Orleans, 128-118. to Josh Jackson led the way with the Pistons for the Pistons with 25. Josh Jackson, good for him. Uh, Zion Williamson had 32 points and six boards, five assists. Steven Adams, 14 points, 15 boards. Good for Steve. And then one failed kick up attempt. Yeah, he tried to jump up like a like a ninja. Like a ninja samurai. He's, he's probably excited for the Mortal Kombat movie like I am. He is. That's probably, it was probably an ode to that. And then he was like, oh, wait, I'm seven feet, like 250 pounds. Like Sub-Zero wasn't seven feet tall, Steven. No, that we know of. Scorpion's not from New Zealand. It's a, it's going to be fine. Um, bad news, Thunder fans. Good news, Brady. The Miami Heat win in Miami tonight against the Toronto Raptors, 116-108. to Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry both had 24 to lead the way for the Raptors. And Jimmy Butler had 27, 10 assists, and 8 boards tonight. I, I kind of feel like the Miami Heat are about to turn the corner. I, I think I, so. I don't, I don't know what that means in terms of like their ceiling, but they're not going to be bad. No, they're too talented to... They're too talented of a roster the, for for that to continue. The fact that they were able to beat Oklahoma City on the road on the seventh game of their seven-game road trip in the way that they did kind of gives me a little hope for that. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler didn't play like the entire fourth quarter. So Lou Dort put the clamps down. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy wanted no part. He said, sub me out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm 
Give me a breather, Coach, for the rest of the quarter. Uh, the Chicago Bulls get a win in overtime against the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, 133-126. Um, Malik Beasley led the way with 25 for the T-Wolves. And, shocker, Zach Levine led the way with 35 for the Bulls. Uh, a couple games going on in progress right now. Just uh, under... Six minutes left. The Suns are losing at home to the Charlotte Hornets right now. 110 to 103. Malik Monk with 29 points uh, to lead the way for Charlotte and Devin Booker with 24. And let's see. We got one more game. The Lakers and Jazz tonight. The Jazz about to go to it's about to go to halftime. Yeah. The Jazz are up 63-47 on mine. I don't know if it's different in there. It, it, it's a uh, 63-47. Look, 47, sorry. Yeah. this is a silly conversation to have, but let's have it because it's it's going on right before our eyes. Knowing full well Anthony Davis isn't playing for the Lakers right now, I don't know what the other health of the, the, the full health of the Jazz or the rest of the Lakers, but I could see the Lakers just not caring about the one seed now that they've won their title, and I could definitely see Utah like taking these matchups way more seriously and trying to gun for that one seed. I don't know for what sure. that's going to mean, but I just... I think I, I think they kind of have to, right? Because like, if the Jazz go and lose to the Lakers without Anthony Davis, then it's like, oh, okay, well then they're they're still not on their level. I think they yeah. still have they have to like take it seriously. And the Lakers are just like, okay, well we'll wait for AD to get healthy, and then it doesn't matter where we're at in the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we play first round. And it's important for Utah just from the standpoint of like the longer we go into this season, the the stronger the likelihood that. Some arenas, if not all arenas, are going to have some capacity of fans in their arenas. The Jazz have fans in their arena already, uh, but you would hope by May 22nd when the playoffs start that you can increase that capacity. And if Utah has the one seed with that crowd, that is an advantage. Yeah. Like, like Home court advantage gets kind of tossed around casually, but with certain teams, Oklahoma City being one of them, if you have home court advantage, that is a serious advantage. Yeah, no. If your if your fans are rowdy, like we know, like Oklahoma City's can be, it's a tough place to play. And Utah's, hey, we've seen it with Russell Westbrook. Granted, it wasn't the uh, greatest things that were supposedly said, <laughs> um, but yeah, they they'll try to get in your head and do that. And if they have to say racist stuff to do it, then uh, oh boy, yeah, allegedly. Sorry, should I throw allegedly in there? I don't know if. Yeah, not not always the best look with Utah fans. No, uh, not all of them, but just uh, an unfortunate few that have ruined. But what else do they got there? They have jazz basketball. That's it. And BYU football. Salt Lake City is a pretty pretty place. Yeah, I'm sure. Pretty geography, uh, as Ennis Cantor once infamously said. Uh, Miss, I like the mountains. <laughs> I like the mountains. Yes, uh, I don't think you, you can't drink Pepsi there, huh? Does he still get? I wonder if does Cantor still get booed. Like it's obviously I don't odd to say now since fans aren't like full capacity in arenas over the last three sixty five, but I, I mean, like does he still get the Raymond Felton random boot right. and Portland treatment? <laughs> I feel like Cantor I feel like it's tough to boo Cantor for all he's trying to do for his home country of Turkey. I feel like that's a, his, to stop like a communist like reign. Like he's trying to stop a dictatorship. His, his dad was in prison. Yes, I feel like it's hard to boo that guy, but I mean I guess if Utah is still holding on to what what how long ago is it? Seven years ago? He complimented our geography. <laughs> right. My word. He said there's nothing to do here. Well, well, right. Salt Lake right. night, nightlife undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. Uh, Matt, before we get out of here, just a quick little nod to the Thunder's upcoming schedule. Like we said, the Atlanta Hawks coming to town. Trey Young, uh, that'll be exciting. Friday night, we will be in the arena. Ryan Chapman will for sure. I don't know what the post game show roster is going to look like, but fairly certain two of us, maybe Christine Butterfield, maybe Jerry Ramsey. I don't know. You know combination of us someone will be. will be here doing a post game show exactly we know that for sure but you got the hawks coming to town you've got denver the following night on saturday in oklahoma city uh and then you've got a few days off uh, until the thunder go down to dallas uh next wednesday to play luka Doncic and the dallas mavericks and then they have a second night of a back-to-back the following night against these same san antonio spurs to round out the first half of the nba schedule which the second half was released Earlier today, that will kick off, or tip off, excuse me, March 11th. Of course, the All-Star Game will be that weekend in between. So a potential 
tough sledding for Oklahoma City to round out this uh, first half of the schedule, Matt. But, you know, still at the same time, we've seen the Thunder against the Nuggets. We've seen the Thunder against the Spurs. They've had their ch- they beat the Spurs. They had their chance in the first game against the Spurs. They had their chance in the game against the Nuggets. Don't know what they can look like against the Hawks or the, the Mavericks, considering that the Thunder just aren't going to have the offense to match with those two teams if they're any type of hot. Right. I think... Uh... I think Atlanta's definitely improved this year. I mean, I I think people still have some uh, like taste of last year uh, with when uh, talking about Atlanta, but I mean they added Danilo Gallinari. They added um, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh, I can't think of his oh, name. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yes, Bogdanovich. So like, they're they are improved. They are a good team. Um, just still kind of young, and they're young, and they're still trying to figure out how to play with each other. Right. Every time I watch the Hawks, like I see guys just, I see different. I see the same guys like three or four games later doing something completely different. It's kind of like they gave Lloyd Pierce the talent and was like, "Hey, we got you some talent. Like, just please try do to something. try to do something with it." Yeah. Um, and then as for Dallas, I actually think that the uh, Thunder could win one of those two. Oh, sorry. 11th is after the All-Star break, but Dallas is their first game back from the All-Star break. Um, I think they could potentially win one of those two just because Dallas's defense is so bad. So bad, but counterpoint, uh, the Thunder's <laughs> offense has been terrible lately, so I don't know. We'll see. We will see. And um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Thunder could, could win one of those two against Dallas just because, I mean, their defense, like I said, is just terrible. And then one more quick thought, uh, Matt. Can you see this game being a springboard for SGA to play at a level that we've yet to see him play at consistently uh, in terms of the scoring? Um, could this I be, d- a, could this be a, a turning point game for him? I think so. I think a light, I, I think a flip could have been, or switch could have been flipped a little bit. One of those things. One of those. A flip switch, yes. Um, I think it could have been switched a little bit today just because. I mean, we, we've been talking about it, right? That he, sometimes he doesn't even lead the team in shot attempts. I think, I think every single game, no matter what, Shane, Shane needs to play his game. But I think every single game he has to lead the, this team in shot attempts. For them to have like any real chance of winning, I think, I mean, they've obviously won, uh, what, it, what are they, 12 now? 12 wins? Well, you, 13 wins? Yes, I think. I think, I think Shane needs to start. Being more, it's just being a little more aggressive. I want him to play his game. I want him to keep making the right decisions, right basketball plays, all that good stuff. But I think for his development as well, like I, I think he is worried about everyone else's development and kind of their development as a team. But for his own personal development, I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive at times. I think we can potentially see it. It's going to be going to make for all the more exciting to watch Oklahoma City Thunder basketball from now until the end of the season. Just a confidence boost too, right? Like you can just look back and be like, "Hey, I I put up 40. Like I put up 40 in an NBA game." Like, so you saw that you can do it. That's in me. Yeah. Now you know you can do it in the future. So we will follow that because, you know, it's our job and hey, it's fun. Thunder win the last second shot by Lou Dort. 102. He to, was due. He was due. 102 to 99 over the San Antonio Spurs. Whew, that was fun. So let's do it again on Friday night when the Atlanta Hawks come to town. Matt Burton, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Jerry Ramsey, shout out to you. Thank you for joining us for not one but two segments. And uh, Ryan Chapman, Christine Butterfield, thank you all to the hard work that you guys do day in and day out. Much deserved night off for you two. But you will be back Friday night. No ifs, ands, or buts. But everybody else, once again, listen to the OKC82 podcast. Subscribe to that if you didn't catch the entire show and you want to listen to the whole thing. It's going to be up in just a few minutes on our podcast feed, available anywhere you can listen to podcasts. But also stay tuned to 107.7 The Franchise for all the sports coverage, for all the fun stuff. We'll be right back in the morning. We love you all. Stay safe, Oklahoma.